15-year-old Russian figure skater Kamila Valieva was a favorite to medal at the Beijing Olympic Games. But now, Valieva has tested positive for a banned substance even as Russia competes without their flag for past doping violations. More controversy at the 2022 Winter Games. Valieva tested positive for three heart medications, one which is banned. Some speculate that all three drugs could work together for more endurance and reduced fatigue. Russia claims she drank out of her grandfather's water glass, who uses the same drug for his heart. Could that be true? On Monday, Olympic officials decided that she can compete. But if Valieva finishes in the top three of an event, no medals will be handed out until her doping case is resolved. Life seems unfair at times, doesn't it? But the greatest tragedy ever, the sinless Savior dying on a cross, has led to the best news imaginable, the gospel, Christ crucified for sinners. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and here on this Thursday... We're in a series this week called Grace Unshackled. All week, we've been looking at the lives of John Newton, William Wilberforce, and Oladu Equiano. These Christians spoke out against the slave trade a couple of hundred years ago. But no matter how heroic we might see them today, they were still humans who struggled physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And they didn't always know what to do next. Sounds like us today, right? In a moment, we're going to look at a favorite passage for Christians who stood up against slavery in Acts chapter 17. Paul makes a clear case that all people come from one man and one woman, no matter their skin color, culture, or language. And all people are made in God's image. Now, that was an important truth 2,000 years ago for Paul. And it also was an important truth 200 years ago for people like Newton, Wilberforce, and Equiano. And you know what? You and I all the more need to root our worldview today in this biblical concept. After the program, I'd like to share with you the stories of these men found in the amazing Grace Radio Theater drama. Three separate lives are brought together to be champions in their time. And you, Mr. Equiano, What is it that you do? I am about to embark on a new career as a writer and speaker. And of what will you write and speak? Of my life and experiences as a slave, Mr. Wilberforce. To stir the conscience of a nation. I mean not to accuse anyone, but to take the shame upon myself for having suffered this horrid business to be carried on under our authority. We are all guilty. For their generation, and every generation that has followed. I wonder how I will fight. How this frail and feeble body will ever rise against a mountain of hatred, cruelty and greed. The only way such things are ever done, William, by the grace of God. Three amazing stories. One amazing grace. A little montage from the radio theater production of Amazing Grace And what I really like about these audio dramas is that you can share these stories with the kids in your life, but still enjoy them yourself. 
you'll learn about this important time in church history, as well as the biblical truths that guided these people. It's cinema of the mind, at best, that ultimately points to our great hope in Christ. This special collection called Amazing Grace has all three of these stories told in separate productions coming on five CDs. And because of its epic length of five hours total, it does cost us a little more to offer. So we're asking that you make a minimum gift of $35. But if you can give more, all of it will be used to keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus with others. The number to call after the program, 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online. We've put up some samples from these radio dramas, and our website is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now, joined by Rascal Flats, this Haven Today opens... With Torrin Wells. I knew I was broken, but there was no one that I could tell. Mm. Praying felt like I was throwing pennies in a wishing well. And I started believing I was cursed to carry this weight. I was listing the reasons of why I should walk away until grace. Until grace found me Until grace Broke these chains Oh, I didn't know I could be free Until grace found Your grace found me I might be looking at a future full of question marks But I don't have to have all of the answers if you have my heart In you, I'm finding redemption A little more with every breath Brand new like the morning And I'll never forget it until grace Call my name, oh I didn't know I could be free Until grace found me
The song is called Until Grace, and you've joined Haven Today in a series called Grace Unshackled. I'm Charles Morris, and that was Torrin Welts with Rascal Flats. I don't know about you, but hearing the stories of John Newton, William Wilberforce, and Alato Aquiano have really struck me. These were people with very different backgrounds, but who had received incredible, amazing grace from the Lord. And just look what they were able to do with it. The end of slavery in the British Empire. And one thing this week has shown us, I think, is that this was far from an easy task. These guys struggled physically and emotionally and even spiritually. And they didn't always know what to do next. So let's listen to a little bit from the radio drama Amazing Grace. William Wilberforce the recently converted member of parliament secretly came to see an old friend. That friend was John Newton. How then may I be of service to you, my son? I have become convinced that I am a slave to sin and may only be freed by the redemption of Christ. I want to follow him. I yearn for his Holy Spirit to guide me. And yet, I remain muddled. About what? It may not make sense to you, a man who has given himself so fully to God. Or it will make perfect sense, since my own journey from the most sinful of lives to the glory of grace took a very long time, in which I made many bad choices along the way. There is nothing you can say that will surprise me. I am of a mind that to follow Christ would mean giving up my public life, my work in politics. Has God required this of you? No. Not exactly. Yet I cannot reconcile how I can be a Christian and a politician at the same time. (laughs) With God, all things are possible. You tease me, sir. Only lightly. And with great affection. And affection never diminished while you made your way in the world. What am I to do? Humbly, I confess to you that I am too unacquainted with your public circle to feel competent to advise you. You know how they will react. I will be branded a Methodist or an Evangelical. A terrible brand. It is. While we Evangelicals have been instruments of much good, our zeal has at times made us intemperate and injudicious. We are perceived as too enthusiastic, wild, contrary, thus causing offence. Sir, I am greatly relieved that you understand my situation. I do. In the public square, professed Christians are considered contemptible, censured and disliked, purposefully misunderstood and misinterpreted. In other words, my son, they are treated as Christ himself was treated. You cannot expect otherwise. Then I remain in the same hopeless state as I was. I must withdraw from public life. Must you? May I suggest otherwise? You would encourage me to remain? I have watched your career with great interest. You are gifted in your thoughts and your words. I know the role you play in guiding our Prime Minister. So, with caution and prudence, I encourage you to persevere in both your Christianity and your political work. 
This is Haven Today, and an excerpt from the Amazing Grace radio theater drama. I'm curious if you can hear the conflict in William Wilberforce's voice on that clip. What is he supposed to do? Stay in politics? Get out of it? Become a minister in the church? He really didn't know. And I suspect all of us have been in those shoes to some degree at one time or another in our lives. Where do we go? What do we do? What exactly is God's will for us? It's not an easy place to be in, is it? But William Wilberforce followed John Newton's advice. He remained in Parliament, and he did what he knew to be right. He fought for the abolition of slavery in the empire. He fought for the abolition of slavery in the empire. A long, very hard fight. Decades, in fact, of struggle. But one day in 1833, the Slavery Abolition Act was finally given approval by the King of England. Wilberforce died the month before this act was passed. But his long years of struggle led to the freedom of over 800,000 men, women, and children. Nearly a million people taken out of their shackles. What a day that must have been when that act finally passed. Can you imagine? fighting for the rights and freedom of people all over an empire. And after so many years, it finally came true. There were abolitionists in America who were fighting for the same thing, of course, but it would take decades longer for that dream to become reality in the United States. And a lot of people would have to die first. But you know, the abolitionists in England and America had a few things in common even if their pathway to success looked quite different. They believed they were doing the right thing. And many of them believed that because of what God's Word says. After all, the Scriptures tell us that we're all made in the image and likeness of God, and that means all of us equally. Think of the Apostle Paul's words in Acts chapter 17. Remember this passage? He was there in Athens on the Oropagus, which was a hill above the city where people would speak publicly about all kinds of different things. And all Paul could think about was how the great Greek city was full of idols. So he began to preach to them. Yes, he flat out preached to them. And in verse 26, he said these words, and I think you have heard them before, from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Now, this was one of the most used verses by the abolitionists. And you can see why, can't you? From one man, God made the nations. No matter our skin color, culture, or language we speak, in a very real sense, we are all the same. We were all humans made by the Lord, and we're all made in his image. Like we read in Genesis 1, 27, God created humanity in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That's where the abolitionists would begin to make their case. How could you enslave another human being because of the color of their skin? How could you kidnap human beings, sail them across an ocean, and sell them as mere chattel? property, the images of God, sold like cattle. Many of the Christians from this era would call it man-stealing. 
You see, being created in God's image is one of three great levelers or equalizers in the Bible. Let me explain what I mean. We are tempted to always think of ourselves as better than others. True? I'd say so. I do, that's for sure. It's part of my sinfulness. No matter what it may be, instead of loving my neighbor as I love myself, I tend to love myself just a little more than I love my neighbor, or maybe even a lot more. But the Bible tells us something different. It tells us that we are equally human. We are all made in God's image. And so we can't say that one group is better or worse than another. Like the slave traders said about the Africans hundreds of years ago, or the Nazis said about the Jews closer to our own time, sinfulness never really changes, does it? It just looks different in the details. And that's where another equalizer comes in, God's law. We are all equal before God's law. And that is not good news, not at all. As Paul tells us in Romans 3, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. On the last day, the final day, that day, the last judgment, no one will be able to escape because of who we are or what we may have done. We are all 100% sinners. Now, do we all sin in the same way? Of course not. Are all sins equally serious? No, probably not. But all sin is worthy of condemnation. And that was Paul's point in the first few chapters of Romans. You see, the Jews believed that they were automatically better than the Gentiles, just because they were born Jews. So Paul, who was born a Jew, had to show them that their only hope was only in Jesus Christ, not in their Jewishness. And we need to hear that same thing. Our hope is not in our skin color or our bank account or even our sports team or our political party. Without Jesus Christ, we have no hope on the last day. But I can't stop there. There's good news, too. Everyone who repents and believes the gospel is made, listen to me now, equal in Jesus Christ. Paul himself says this a few verses later in Romans 3. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to a few? No, to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Can we... Be righteous in God's sight on our own? No way. But when we throw ourselves totally on Jesus, then what he did in his life and death is given over to us. That's the Bible picture. We are covered then in the robes of his righteousness, even though right now we're pretty filthy. And you know what? Anyone, anyone, can call in the name of the Lord and be saved. Anyone who is equally made in God's image, anyone who is equally guilty before God's holy law, 
That's what drove the abolitionists in the 17 and 1800s. All men, women, children, equal. No one group, no one person better than another because we're all made in God's image. And to hate God's image is to hate God who is imaged. And any sinful image bearer can repent and believe the gospel. And that includes you. And it also includes me. So what's stopping you today? Jesus alone will save you. Just call on him and throw yourself on his mercy and grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. with Sister Rebecca St. James. Amazing Grace on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. We've been thinking about these amazing stories of three Christians who helped bring an end to slavery in the British Empire. Equiano himself was a former slave. Newton was a former slave trader, but one of the things not everybody knows is he was actually a slave himself for a year. And Wilberforce 
was a wealthy aristocrat. But God's grace changed their lives, and God used them to end the horrible slave trade. Each of their individual stories have been wonderfully retold on the five-CD collection that we have for you called Amazing Grace. These are stories to enjoy as you drive. I know two families now that are going to be playing these for their children on Saturday morning. Just heard about it yesterday. This is grace-filled entertainment that we all need more of in our lives today. So because this production was epic in size, a total of five hours on five CDs, we're asking that you make a gift of a minimum of $35. But if you can be more generous, we'd sure appreciate that. February tends to be a little slower month for giving. But as you give, you'll be partnering with us to share this great story of Jesus with others all over the world. Our number to call, and you can call us right now, is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or on our website, listen to samples from the Amazing Grace Radio drama. You can make your gift there. And our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And in case you wanted it but just didn't get around to asking for it, we still have the Hidden in My Heart Scripture lullabies for your gift as well. Ask about that set of CDs when you call us or listen to the samples and get it online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me here on Thursday. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Nightmares. What a terrible experience, being scared and asleep at the same time, and what a relief to wake up. But sometimes we can't wake up to avoid terrifying realities, and there's nothing more terrifying than the realization that God is holy and we are not. As the Lord said to his people, Israel, thousands of years ago, keep my decrees and laws, for the person who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. Do this and live. But ultimately, none of us can keep God's law perfectly. That is, except Jesus, who died in our place. The only perfectly obedient one paid the price for sinners, and sinners can be blessed because of it. That's the gospel. Because the lawkeeper died, lawbreakers can live. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.